Good afternoon and good evening, guys. Timmy is here to finish off our NRL fantasy season with our award show. I've dusted off the fedora. I've got out my Father's Day tie. I am looking sharp and ready to go for the awards tonight. Welcome, Scoop. Welcome, Liam. Welcome, Survive Tuber. How are you guys all doing this afternoon? Yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah, pretty well, thanks, good? Timmy. Do you guys, do you guys get dressed up this afternoon as well? Did you go and get out the suit jacket? Oh, I put on a shirt at the last second and half decent <laughs> shirt. <laughs> I appreciate the, I appreciate the fact you put on a shirt, mate. There's going to be some badges for you to be putting on that too later on. So, definitely needed a shirt. All right. Well, guys, how this is going to run tonight? We are going to, uh, I'll get someone to announce the winner of the position, whether it's NRL or fantasy. And then we'll have a chat about some of those guys in the top five and and particularly the number one person and whether they'll be in our, in our team for round one, 2023. All right, so let's start off. Um, Scoop, mate, can you please announce the winner of the Discord fullback for 2022? All right, so five options for Discord fullback of the year are one, James Tedesco, two, Dylan Edwards, three, Latrell Mitchell, four, Scotty Drinkwater, and five, Clint Gutherson. And the winner for 2022 is James Tedesco with 22 votes over second place, Dylan Edwards with 13. Very good year for Teddy. He just keeps getting it done. Yeah, it's, and it's, I mean, we're starting to talk about him being one of the top fullbacks of the generation now. It's it's amazing. We had Billy Slater and then Billy Slater retired and Tedesco's taken over as, as this gun of a fullback that just keeps getting better year after year. Where, where are you sitting? Yeah, absolutely. His... You keep going. Yeah, it's it's really amazing because he's so consistent week in, week out. Like, he can run 250 metres in a game and people don't even notice because he just does so much every game and he does stuff like that all the time. It's just an amazing, an amazing competitor. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some of those other guys had phenomenal years, Liam. Um, Dylan Edwards, let's talk about Dylan Edwards going on the Australian tour based on, on his consistency. Um. I mean, Latrell had a fantastic back end. Are you, are you thinking some of those other guys are are going to be able to push Tedesco for that top top gong of fullback of the year next year, or you reckon it's Teddy for a few uh, more years? I think. I mean, Teddy's an outstanding player. Like I'll give him that. But I think um, Scott Drinkwater's probably got a, a bit more to prove too. Like I think he played incredible footy this year. And is going to get not only get better with the f- number one jersey on him, and Edwards had an incredible year too. So I think that would be pushing for him. But Tedesco's still a few, got a few more. Um, yeah, yeah, it's amazing, especially when we think of last year's Survive Tuba with Tommy Turbo. How well Tommy Turbo played. That realistically, Tedesco, even with Tommy Turbo playing that well last year, Tedesco is still the number one fullback in the game. Yeah, Tommy Turbo, he had an outstanding season last year for fantasy and just as an overall player, but 
injuries this year have kind of been short, and like just Tedesco's work rate is just amazing, and that's why he's a number one fullback. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Survive so Tuber, while you were there, mate, the winner of the Discord Winger of the Year, please. So for this year's Discord Winger of the Year, our options were Alex Johnson, Daniel Tupo, Taylor May, Suwali, and Corey Oates. And the winner for the 22 Discord Winger of the Year is Taylor May with 19 votes and Alex Johnson with 11 votes coming at second. Taylor May, um, rookie, scored plenty of tries. He, He was good on fantasy, coming off as a cheapie. Oh, well, that's, that's about that it. caps off a pretty incredible season for Taylor May. Um, he'll probably be right up there in the Dally M's for uh, one for winger of the year and, and two for for rookie of the year. He's had an incredible season. Uh, started the year in reserve grade. He's made his way into the onto the wing for Penrith. And he, at no stage has he looked like he's going to struggle. Has he survived, Tuba? No, for a first year and playing that well, he doesn't look like he's going to struggle in the upcoming years. He's, he has a great tackle, breaking ability. He scores plenty of tries in the wing. He's just a great out rookie, and I think he'll be one of the best wingers in the game in the upcoming years. Yeah, it, it's pretty exciting, Scoop, that with that Penrith side, when you have a look at some of the talent that they're starting to bring through, um, even with some of the guys that they're losing and have lost over the last couple of years, some of their talent for their young guys is, is phenomenal. And Taylor May is just the start of that. Yes, absolutely. Well, we saw just the, just the other week, they put out essentially a reserve grade team and they didn't do too badly. Like most teams against yeah. the top four side would get blown out of the water and to only and to really only concede 38 points against a full-strength Cows team, that was a real effort. They're starting to rival the Storm as the breeding of successful players. Do you want to know the amazing thing about that, though? So what? that reserve grade side had a prelim final last weekend as well. Their jersey flag side, so their under-18 side, played for them for that week and won their prelim final. So it's not even just their reserve grade. Their That's Jersey amazing. Their side is also stepping up and doing and following it through. So we're going to see this being an incredibly successful team, club, for a long period of time, I think. And they're just going to keep coming out. Um, Liam, we were just talking about it just before we started. Alex Johnson. Three years in a row, he's been leading try scorer. Yeah, Johnston's had an incredible last few years. So, I think he'll—he was pretty unlucky, in my opinion, not to get the winger of the year. But um, yeah, he's been incredible try scoring, but maybe just hasn't translated as much in the tackle breaking part of the field. But yeah, he's still had an incredible last three years. I, I was having this conversation the other week. I think Alex Johnson will finish finish his career as one of the greatest um, finishes of all time. His try scoring prowess is, is going to be almost un, unbeatable by the time he finishes his career. Um, but when we start talking about wingers, you've got a number of guys there: Daniel Tupu, 
Joseph Suwali and Taylor May, even Corey Oates this year wound back the clock. These guys are all doing a lot of work coming out of their own half. And that's probably one area that Alex Johnson needs to do a little bit more of is, is those tackle breaks and, and those difficult runs towards the, at the start of a set. Would you agree with that, guys? Yeah, he probably does need to. Um, I think Suwali, as you said, though, I think Suwali, so, so he, he got unlucky not to um, get as many votes, I thought. I thought he had an incredible year for a 19. If I'm correct, he's 19. He's, yeah. That was an incredible year for him. Like, Yeah, I think I think Suwali Su is someone that we are going to see in the next in the next few years be an absolute superstar in the game that he's showing now he's he's not afraid of the contact at 19 which is phenomenal and then everything else from here on here on out he's just going to be amazing he's one that I think we'll talk about in years to come that we're just we were we were able to witness him playing the game so so far ahead of other people his own age. All right. Ah, survive tuba. You did that one before. Liam. Liam, can you please announce the 2022 Discord Fantasy Wing Fullback of the Year? So we've for the 2022 Discord Fantasy Wing Fullback of the Year, the options that we've got. One, Nico Hines. Two, James Tedesco. Three, Latrell Mitchell. Four, Ryan Pappenhausen. Five, Joey Manu. And the winner is uh, Nico Hines with 32 votes. Trailing in yeah. second place is James Tedesco with four votes. That just shows how far ahead Nico Hines was. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Nico Hines, like, Nico Hines would have won this whether he was wing fullback or he was half. It just happened to be a when we did the, when we organised it, he got stuck in the wing fullback spot. Um, but he has had a phenomenal year. Um, Scoop, did you expect to see Nico do this this year? Uh, I don't think as anybody. I don't think anybody really expected him to hit these heights pre-season. I think a lot of people knew that with some good signings, the Sharks would go really well and Hines would benefit from, from that. We saw what he could do at the Storm, Pappenhausen-esque at the back of, um, of 2021. And he just brought it to the Sharks in the middle of the park. And he just turned into an absolute fantasy gun and a gun player in general. Absolute great year for him. Yeah. So the biggest thing for Nico next year for 2023, uh, Survive Tuba, is he's probably going to lose his DPP. He'll drop back to just being a half. Can you well? Can you afford to start the year with Nico Hines, or can you afford to to, or can, can you not afford to start the year with Nico Hines? Well, I mean, he's probably going to start off at like 900 plus K, like Cleary was this year. Um, I'd probably just wait and look at preseason. If he still continues that form, surely he's a buy, but he could just end up like a Tommy Turbo this year. Well, that's kind of unlikely, but in my team, I'm probably going to buy him. situation to you guys. In, for half next year, 
you could spend almost two million dollars on Nathan Cleary and Nico Heinz to start the season. Would you do it? No, that's a bit too much. So you reckon I just start with one of them? Yeah, because you want you want your other positions to be as good as your halves. If you go to spend too much in your halves, you're gonna have like not that great players in either your like your interchange or even like your wing fullbacks or centers, and that's really gonna affect your score. Because so this and this is just talking talking as a bit of a thought. So you guys jump in at any stage. But with the buys next year, it might be a situation where you need to have that second solid captaincy option. Oh yeah, yeah, I think you do. I think you do because you got because what if you have a buy early and what if Cleary or Hines has a buy somewhere and like from round one to four, you need a second. Like if I started say I had one of them, I had Hines or Cleary. Hines has a if I start with Hines has a buy around four, but I don't have another solid captaincy option that week. People, other people are going to have Cleary. Solid half. Uh, other Cleary people are going to have Cleary to captain. It's just like who do I captain? There may just be such a significant points drop for there. Like it's, I just think you yeah, got to start with both. Well, I mean, most teams I might think, I think cook, definitely cook as well. But that's that's going to be part of it. We're going to have to deal with this this element of adding buyers into the competition. Um, so you might have to consider the fact that if you start the season with with one gun half and one lesser gun half, that you might be disadvantaging yourself early on. So it might be something that people have to consider looking at at having. Nico yeah. and Nathan I mean, Adam Dewey can be a great second option for half if you want. He's cheaper than Cleary and he has potential. Yeah, and that's exactly what we'll have to look at. I mean, realistically, for that second option, you can look at someone like Sean O'Sullivan, um, who should pick up the majority of that at the Dolphins. You might look at um, whoever ends up at halfback for... Um, Newcastle. But there, there are cheaper options out there. That wasn't. That's absolutely true. All right. Yeah. Do you guys think um, Munster will be cheaper than Cleary? Yeah, be close. They'll be about almost the same, won't they? Other people in that wing fullback spot we're talking about here, Tedesco, Latrell, Pappenhausen had, even though he didn't play many games, he had a phenomenal year when he was on the field. Uh, think back to that game where he killed it in the last 10 minutes. Just absolutely turned it on. And Joey Manu was the other one with that wing fullback. Um, how do you guys feel about trying to get any of those guys into your team next year for fantasy? Well, depending on how Manu's role continues going forward, he might be a really solid option um, just to bring in at the start of the year because I know, obviously, as a New Zealander, he misses the origin period and he's really stepped up this year to sort of 
just run around the field and do a bit more, inject himself a bit more. And if he's going to continue to do that, he's going to cement himself as pretty much the best out-and-out centre for fantasy. You'll always have one or two dual position guys like potentially Dewey next year, depending on how many games he played, if they give it to him, things like that. But Manu might be a really interesting, just solid centre to pick up this year, um, next year. Yeah, that, that's true. Uh, Scoop, you got anything on that? or With Pappenhausen and stuff? Any, any of those any of those wing fullbacks that are in that group, Teddy, Latrell, Pappenhausen, Manu? Yeah, I reckon I reckon Latrell could be an interesting pickup at the beginning of next season too, uh, because we've always seen him be a bit up and down. Like he's always had those seventies, eighties big scores in him, but he'll have it drop a thirty. The back half of this season, he's been really, really, really good. So whether that continues on next year remains to be seen, but it's certainly something to consider moving forward. Yeah. And the other one there is someone like Pappenhausen comes down to how much you trust his uh, injury history. But realistically, if he can get, you know that if he gets a run of games at being fullback, he's going to make you cash. So he's someone as well that people might need to look at in terms of getting into their team. All right, guys. Well, the 2020, the winner of the 2022 Discord Center of the year, we have Joey Manu, Valentine Holmes, CC Fatalikai, Isaac Targo, and Campbell Graham. And the winner is Joey Manu. Now, Scoop, you just touched on it there before. He's taken that out from Valentine Holmes. You touched on it there before. Joey Manu has probably, like, the stuff he's doing, whether he's in the center, whether he's at six, whether he's at one, he is a phenomenal player. Yeah, he puts it upon himself to do it all for the team. And often, just because he's such a good player, it will work out. Honestly, the Roosters have three incredible players that can essentially play in that wing fullback or around centre. Uh, with Suali, Manu and Tedesco all there. It's, an, it's amazing they've got three players like that in their back line. Oh, just scary, especially when you think about what Manu did in the game against Tonga earlier this year at fullback. Um, Liam, I think he had um, something like 20 runs or something like that. Didn't he break the record for run metres in that game? He ran over 400 metres. Yeah. Yeah. Just scary to think what he's going to be capable of. Um I heard a stat the other week that he, over the last two or three years, his touches in the game have gone from less than 10 touches per game to 20 to 25 touches per game. So the more he gets his hands on the ball, the more damaging and more threatening he's going to be. It's just, it's going to be scary to think of what the Roosters are going to be able to do scoop next year when, when these guys have spent a bit more time with it around each other and they all start to work out how they can throw the ball around a bit more. Can we just imagine how scary Suali is going to be next year in the next couple of years if he stays injury-free? He's going to be absolute nightmare material to come up against. 
he'll very, very quickly become the best winger in the game. No doubt. I think he'll he'll be the best winger in the game. He'll be the best centre in the game if he ever moves to centre. And I think by the time he gets to fullback, he's going to be talking about some ridiculous money by the time he gets to fullback. Well, I, 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 I don't think we can comprehend yet how good Sully is going to be. I think he's scary good. Looking forward um, to... Yeah, oh, it's going to be great to see, isn't it? Is there yep. anything else to add there, add there, guys? I know Valentine Holmes had... Uh, I mean, the fact we're talking about Valentine Holmes as possible centre of the year. Um, and, I mean, he'll be up there for the Dally M centre of the year as well. But we're talking about a guy that he's moved to centre this year. I mean, realistically, the same for Talakai as well. But we're talking about two guys that have moved to centre this year. Yeah, he's had an absolute cracking year. The Cowboys went from zeros to heroes this year, essentially, and Valentine Holmes is back to his best. Another person that switched positions this year is pretty much Tugger. Even though it's his debut, he was back row most of his juniors, and now to switch into the centres with his tackling ability and also tackle-busting ability, what a great start. Oh, and, and I mean, I know Talakai coming through the juniors at the bunny system was a centre, but he hasn't been playing centre at Cronulla. He'd even been spending time in at prop at, at different points uh, at the start of the season in the trials and over the end of last season, he was spending time at prop. So it's scary to think if he has a full preseason, what he's going to be able to do. Talakai's had something like 100, averaged something like 170 run metres per game. Just incredible this year. And Targo, like Targo has been phenomenal. And I think I think Campbell Graham would be right up there in this conversation if he played all year at left centre. I think he's been great defensively and spent a lot of time at right centre. But he doesn't get the ball enough in attack to get the probably to get the accolades. Yeah, I think it's a Ryan Pappenhausen situation, except for the centres. Just hasn't been around enough to be noticed or to really get stuck in. And he still managed to have a really good year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, Scoop, while you're there, mate, can you please announce the Discord Fantasy Centre of the Year? All right. We had some good ones this year. So for the Fantasy Centre of the Year, we had one. Matt Burton, two, Joey Manu, three, Owen Aitken, four, Taylor May with his jewel, and five, Campbell Graham. And the winner, by quite a large margin, actually, more than I was expecting, is Matt Burton, 29 votes. What a year. Yeah, absolutely. 20, I mean, in this point in time, the, the votes are almost irrelevant. Matt Burton did, it's a weird one. He had kind of a, a slow start to the year. He, uh, from a fantasy perspective, he became a pickup about round nine as the draw kind of evened out. 
Um, it also took the dogs about nine rounds to work out that his half partner should have been um, Kyle Flanagan. And that kind of helped him. And once he got a set half partner, he absolutely kicked on. And I mean that with all pun intended because no one was catching the kicks that Matt Burton was putting up this year. It's absolute skyscrapers. They were such a headache for other teams. And I love, I've been, one of the things that's amazed me a lot this year is the breakdown of Matt Burton's kicking game. Um, so for this is kind of me nerding out a little bit just with um, NRL and stuff. But basically, Matt Burton being a left footer, because, because of the way he kicks the ball, it actually put, being a left footer, he puts the spin on the ball in reverse. So most of the players, they're used to catching bombs from a right footer and the ball spins a certain way. But when you're a left footer, the ball spins the opposite way to a right footer. So it means that for a lot of players, they were getting set and getting ready for it to go swing one way, but it was actually swinging the other way on them. And that's why there are so many drops off a Matt Burton bomb. It's so hard to train for because unless you've got a left footer at your club, you can't get those bombs happening. And they're also really high too. Like they're, they're Scott. Even if you've got a left footer at your club, like the, the I don't think there's a left footer that that you could probably bring in from reserve grade that could go even close to as high as Matt Burton could go, could kick the ball. Like there's nothing to simulate how a left footer is going to kick it, how Burton's going to kick it. Yeah, and and the other thing with Matt Burton is that he uh. He's just very good. Like it, even if he wasn't kicking it, he would. He's still a great player. Like he does so much stuff. He's, his tackle breaks. Um, he gets all the try assists and everything like that. Unfortunately, next year we, he won't have the centre DPP. But, jeez, that halves that halves position next year is going to be chockers. You think about all those guys with DPP that we're gonna that are all gonna be just stuck in there. Burton, Dewey, um, Nico, DCE, Cleary, all of these halves and Munster. It's gonna be tricky. Twenty twenty three might be the year of the halves, just load up on your halves early. Be very hard. How much is Burton gonna be priced at? Uh, probably pretty close to what he's at now, depending on if there's any changes to the salary cap. I bet you, I don't know how you're going to even get all these guys in. It's going to be very hard. Oh, as I said, it might be one of those ones you just go. I remember a couple of seasons ago, you went you went heavy on hookers. This might be the year. Next year might be the year you go heavy on heavy on halves. Because there's so many good players, and, and I mean, in a way, it almost makes you make some of them very pottish. Um, Matt Burton next year having Kikau outside him could be even more damaging. Um, so, yeah, I could see situations like that, and and with a decent dummy half as well. 
no disrespect to Jeremy Marshall King, but I believe wholeheartedly that Reed Money is a better dummy half than Jeremy Marshall King. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's going to get better service and he's going to have a very good edge line runner in kick out that he can throw a few try assists to and line break assists and things like that. So uh, it could be one of those ones that you start the year with Burton as a bit of a pod. Depending on draw as well. Wouldn't be a bad option. Uh, some of those other guys, um, Joey Mato should drop back to just having centre. You uh, and Aiken might actually find himself in the centres at the Dolphins um, with their depth of of talent in the second row at the moment. Uh, so he might be one to avoid. Um, I don't know if he if he does start in the second row for the Dolphins. Would any of you guys look at him? Uh, he didn't really play or was named enough to get that centre duel, so I don't think he'll actually be worth really looking at. It'll be really interesting to see how the Dolphins team goes. He might hold on to that centre duel. I think he might. Because he could come in, he could play two games in the trials, for instance, at centre, or be... Well, there is every chance based on their roster that he could still play centre, so I think he might hold on to that duel. Yeah. Then it's a yeah, then it's a question of do you want to buy him if he is in the centers? The Dolphins early season will be very difficult to predict, I'd say. So we'll just see how that new club learns to gel and I guess how a lot of those players up there will actually feed off each other and how they'll score. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Taylor May will lose his uh center part of his DPP. He'll just drop back to being wing fullback. Um, so, yeah, that would be the other one. That For most of those guys, you might actually find, particularly someone like Joey Manu, he might be too pricey to pick up. Although, as Liam pointed out before, he could also be be worth it because you know exactly how well he's going to go. Um, anything else to add, guys, about... Carter might be a nice year? pod next year. Manu. Carter. Gada, he might be a nice pod next year at the uh, Penrith. Yeah, the problem with Penrith is if he he might not even get that second row spot. That's that's the other part. You've got Zach Hosking. Hosking. Zach Hosking could just as easily take it. They have Scott Sorensen. Is it Scott Sorensen that's there at the moment that could? Sorensen's been playing really good footy. I think he could start. To be honest, exactly. So there's no reason that Sorensen couldn't start. Um, so yeah, I I wouldn't. I think if he gets the spot, he, he might not have the centre DPP, but I think if he gets that second row spot in Ghana, then yeah, absolutely. But I don't think it's... As... He should still have centre because he played a few games with the Tigers there. Yeah, it's just more about whether you... It, it's less likely at the Penrith side, at Penrith, that he would play in the centres based on their... Um, depth and and things like that. So it's probably unlikely to hold it. He might hold on to it. Um, if he does hold on to it, then that that could be particular even even better. 
but yeah, he might he might actually not hold on to it. Um, all right. Well, let's move to uh, Liam. Yeah. Discord five eighth of the year, please. All right, so for the Discord 5-8 for the year, we have got one, Dylan Brown, two, Cameron Munster, three, Matt Burton, four, Luke Keary, and five, Tom Dearden. And the winner of the Discord 5-8 for the year is Cameron Munster with 30 votes, trailing Tom Dearden in second. No, sorry, Dylan Brown in second with four votes. What a player, Cameron Munster. Another big margin. Oh, and I mean, really, is there any anybody that's arguing with Cameron Munster being the five eighth of the year? No, he's been incredible. Like, he's had a phenomenal year. He, um, so this time last year, Melbourne were well heading into finals, getting ready. They uh, went out the back door of the finals. Cameron Munster found a couple of bags and decided to see what they smelt like. Um, and from there, basically, he went back to Melbourne. They uh, told him that he had to get off the drink. Um, so by all reports, Cameron Munster's been eight or nine months sober. And he's put in some phenomenal performances this year. Um, are still one of the things that stands out the most for me with Cameron Munster. There was a game earlier this year, I cannot remember their opponent for the life of me, but he was throwing dummies and breaking ankles and I just, it just showed exactly what he was capable of doing. Um, and for Melbourne to go deep into the final series this year, it's, it'll be on the back of Cam Munster. But that's almost with no disrespect to anyone else in, in those nominations. I mean, Tom Dean's had by far and away his best best season. He played ended up playing 5-8 for Queensland this year. Um Luke Keary took a little bit to get started at the start of the year, but since about halfway through, Luke Keary's been fantastic. He's been destroying teams. Um, some of those passes that he was doing for Angus Crichton on the weekend were were very scary, where he just beaten the defence with his eyes. Um, Matt Burton, we talked about before, that kicking, that kick of his is is difficult to catch. And Dylan Brown. Dylan Brown's had a very good season as well. Um, for a lot of us starting to see Dylan Brown achieve some of that potential that we've probably known he always has. Um, Scoot, Survive Tuber, anything you want to talk about with any of those five eights? Yeah, I think even though Dylan Brown played out of his skin this year, as an Eels fan, Monsters just leagues ahead of everybody. He moved to fullback, made it look easy, made it look like he was just about the best player in the position. He's just on another level. Yeah, hard to argue with any of that. It's just so, so good to watch. Cam Munster um, be the hardest thing for teams at the World Cup to do is to stop Cam Munster. 
Oh, yeah, Munster's the leader, but Tom Dearden. Tom Dearden really stood out Sorry. this year. No one expected him to be a top five, five eight. Oh, mate, I don't think I don't think at the start of the year, if you said that Tom Dearden was going to play State of Origin, I think most people would have told you you're a goose. But realistically, at the start of the year, he wasn't even in the conversation. Dean's had an outstanding year, mate. Like, it's incredible. I've always knew he was a good runner, but he's just been incredible. Him and Chad Townsend have linked up really well, and Dean hasn't really had any trouble with just being the second man and to Chad Townsend and running the ball to perfection. Like, he's just been so good this year. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, survive Tuba, the Discord halfback of the year, please. So for this year, uh, the Discord halfback of the year, we had options of Mitchell Moses, Chad Townsend, Nathan Cleary, Ben Hunt, and Nico Hines. And the winner for this year is Nico Hines with 23 votes and then Nathan Cleary with six votes. Yep. Honestly, yeah. everyone would so, have said Nathan Cleary would have been the best halfback of the year, but Nico Hines really stood out at Storms. Uh, uh, not Storm, the Sharks, and... He just been the best for fantasy and even in general. Yeah, and and that's exactly it. Like at the start of the year, if I said to you guys that someone was going to be a better half than Nathan Cleary, how many of you would have chosen Nico Hines? If there was going to be a better half than Nathan Cleary, most of you probably wouldn't put your money on Nico Hines. It, like realistically, it might have been someone like a Cherry Evans or someone like that that, that could have had a better year. But yeah, well, Nico Hines has for for playing fullback last year to turn up at the club and play halfback. That's that's been incredible to watch how well he's gone. Um, Scoop, when did you realise that Nico was going to be this good this year? Uh, I think the game that stands out was when they were up against the Warriors in a bit of a bit of a tough game, and then they had a send-off, and Nico just took the whole team on his back, basically played two positions, and just won them the game. It was a shock for the Warriors, and the Sharks just pulled that game out of nowhere, and Nico just carried that team. Translated to fantasy, one of the best goals of the year as well, but he just, as a player, and what he did in that match was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I remember thinking about him in the in the All-Stars game at the start of the year and going, geez, I absolutely need to start the year with Nico Hines. I'm glad I, I'm glad I did, but I did not expect him to go get to this level. Did you, Liam? Oh, he's... I always knew Nico Hines was a good player and I've always backed Nico Hines, but... Yeah, I didn't expect it that much as high as scoring. Like, he averaged 68, did he not? That's incredible. Right. Yeah, I think he finished... Did he finish... Yeah, he finished the year as the... as the highest-priced player. 
He scored the most points for the year. Um, total points of 1590. He was nearly 100 points clear of Papali'i and over 250 points clear of third. So he was he was so, so far, so good in front of everybody in terms of fantasy, in terms of regular season. And realistically, it's going to be between him and Ben Hunt for Dally M Player of the Year. And you wouldn't be upset if either of them got it, really. Probably be Ben Hunt, to be honest. I think he's played really well this year, too. But that's what I mean. Both of them. Like, if you told me that Ben Hunt was the Dally M Player of the Year, you'd be like, yeah, that's fair. And if you told me Nico Hines was Dally M Player of the Year, I'd be like, yeah, that's fair as well. They both had fantastic seasons. Um, all right. Well, the 2022 Discord Fantasy half of the year is one, Mitchell Moses, two, Nathan Cleary, three, Cam Munster, four, Adam Dewey, and five, Dally Cherry Evans. Now, obviously, Nico Hines wasn't in this group as he won the wing fullback one. He could have easily won this one as well. But the fantasy half of the year is Cam Munster taking it from Nathan Cleary. And we just touched on it there a little bit. That game, Scoop, that game where... Um, do you remember that game that I was talking about before where Cam Munster just... I can't remember who he was against. He was just stepping bloke. He stepped someone from about 40 metres out. Stepped left and then came back off his right and beat a few of them from 40 metres out. Yeah. I think I might know the game you're talking about, but that's the thing. He did it He did it off and over and over. He's just a magical year from him this year. Let me see if I can quickly find the game. Because he had a few he had a large number of tackle breaks. Um I thought he had Might have been the Seagulls game. Was that the Seagulls game? When he got a, like a ninety two or something, or was it the oh no, it was mm-hmm. the Titans. No, yeah, it was just before... It was during Origin. Yeah, it was the Sea Eagles just before Origin. Sea Eagles game. Yeah, two he tries. Got, yeah, when he got two tries. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's what it was. That's that's the one there. That Sea Eagles game. Yeah, it was four turnover tackles in that game. He just... He was pinching everything. He was doing everything. He was scoring everything. You just that's couldn't right. get your eyes off him because he had, it, had the ball all the time. Oh, just incredible. And and realistically, we're talking about Adam Dewey. Adam Dewey, realistically, he only played half the year and he still finishes in that top five group for uh, fantasy and he was in the top five for wing fullback with that dual position. Um, mate, you're pretty high on Adam Dewey. He had a great yeah, year, didn't he? He's the Tigers' best player. He's going to have a great year. Every single year he had one last year, he's going to have one. There's no one else in the Tigers squad that can carry. And with Hastings and Brooks going out, it just made it even better for him. As you could see, he was the only one making all the tries. He, he was a great ball runner. 
you saw those two those two or three tries from the scrums. He has a great tackle breaking ability, his kicks he can put it up really high. This is a great all round playoff. So twenty twenty three next year. With a few more superstars being in the team, such as Papa Lee, um, Coruscant, um, and with Brooks and Hastings back in the side, do you think he's going to do what he did this year, or do you think he kind of takes a little bit more of a backseat? It really depends which position he plays. If he stays at 5'8", he did the same with Brooks and Hastings when they were both playing. And with IPAPs and Coriacel, he would have better balls from Coriacel and he could use IPAPs as a second roller and eventually just get more try assists and attacking stats. If all the rumours come true, the Tigers could be a very, very good side next year. If... uh particularly if one English back rower ends up in the in the in Tigers colours next year. It would be very a very good pickup. So that would make that Tigers side very different next year if you can get two high quality edge back rowers. Uh, New South Wales dummy half. So yeah. He could do really, really well next year. Um, all right. Um, Liam, prop of the year. All right, mate. So the prop of the... So the Discord, 2022 Discord prop of the year. One, we've got Regan Campbell-Gillard. In two, we've got Joseph Tarpany. In three, we've got Payne Haas. In four, we've got David Clemmer. In five, James Fisher-Harris. And the wish winner of the Discord Prop of the Year is Joseph Tarpanay beating out uh, Payne Haas. What a year for Joe yeah. Tarpanay. Went to the next level. But he absolutely did. Does anyone remember his um, game? I think he scored two tries in – if he didn't score two tries, he definitely scored one try – um, look like an absolute beast in that All-Stars game. Do you guys remember how good Tarpanay looked in that All-Stars game? Oh, yeah. He was awesome in that game. Like, I, bloody hell. I looked at that game and said, geez, wouldn't mind starting the year with Tarpanay. I wish I'd listened to myself. I absolutely wish I'd listened to myself about starting the year with Tarpanay. Because... My, he ended up finishing the year being an absolute beast. I, I have to throw a big shout out to Luke. He um, picked Tarpanay up very early in the in his fantasy team, just as Tarpanay was starting to really build to a quality player, and he did not disappoint for the rest of the season. By far and away, the best prop. Um, RCG Scoop had one of his best statistical years ever. He was he was very good. Payne Haas was very good, although he had some difficulties with injuries at different stages and 
with Pat Carrigan. Pat Carrigan actually at different stages was taking points off him and minutes off him and, and things like that. So he had to deal with that this year. Um, Dave Clemmer was was obviously very good, like he always is. Um, and, and Fisher Harris equally was was very good, as as always. How do you see those those big boys this year, Scoop? Yeah, RCG has been the most returned, causing havoc. Plenty of me's and plenty of punch through the middle of Paris Ford Pack. He's done a really good job for us this year, and although he's one of those guys who doesn't always necessarily translate into fantasy, he's definitely one of the best props going around at the moment. Clemmer, Clemmer and Haas were interesting because they had their moments where they're absolutely top shelf, top level. Then they had a couple of either suspensions or they got injured and brought back to the pack a little bit. Payne Haas is one we've just come to expect year after year to be nearly unstoppable and he came back down half a level this year but he was still among the best yep so here's some stuff for you three of those guys were the leaders for post contact meters Tarpanay was leading with 1596 post contact meters Payne Haas was second with 1542 post contact meters and Regan Campbell Gillard was only 100 post contact meters less uh coming in at fifth spot. Um, Tarpanay was third for the year with offloads. The Raiders, Tarpanay and Papali had 79 offloads between them for the season. Um, and in terms of... Uh, hit-ups, Joe Tarpanay had 335 hit-ups. Regan Campbell-Gillard had 327 hit-ups. Um, so that's just start. That's just putting numbers around those guys that were already knew had phenomenal seasons. Yeah, definitely. Both the Eels and Raiders have been good at second phase play this year in the on the back of their big boppers throwing an arm out the back, and they've done quite well this year in pulling teams apart when they get that going for them. Yeah. Uh, particularly the Eels, they've kind of used that to disrupt the, the Penrith Penrith attack, and they've resulted in a couple of wins for them against Penrith. So um, hopefully we start to see some more of that again in the final series. Um, Scoop, I imagine it would be a long time coming if you guys are able to celebrate some success at the end of this season. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. We often don't show up against the teams uh, that we should and then only stand up to the real premiership contenders. And now that we've got a pathway of opponents that we can look forward to coming up against, and we've got a good record, this is probably our last really good chance for a while. So I'd love us to take it and give it a real shake. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, Survive Tuba Discord Lock of the Year. So for this year, uh, the nominees for Discord Lock of the Year, we had Isaiah Yao, Cab Murray, Tito, Victor Adley, and Patrick Carrigan. And this year's winner 
is Cameron Murray with 26 votes, and the, the next best was Isaiah Yo with 3 votes. Cam Murray for the Rabbitohs, best lock. You can tell by the votes. He he had a great tackle-breaking ability. He had a few offloads as well. His run meters were high, and he's pretty much one of the best players at the Money squad. Yeah. And I think, I think the measure of how important someone is to a team... Um, survive Super and Scoop and, and Liam is is how important they are when they're not on the field. So you look at those couple of games when Cam Murray hasn't played, and the Bunnies have been a completely different side. You take last weekend, for example, against the Roosters, and when Cam Murray went off, you almost knew instantly that the Roosters were going to win. Yeah, absolutely. He's one of those top-shelf players that He's got such a quick play the ball and he gets them on the front foot and he's just leading them so well around the park this year for the Rabbitohs. Yeah. And you have a look at well, you have a look at any of those guys in that in that group there, Yo, Murray, Tino, Radley, and Carrigan. You take any of those guys out of their side, the teams don't win very often. Their win record without any of those those teams without any of their locks, their win record is not very good. Well, I mean, um, and I know on Cameron Murray, I mean, it's also his defense that he's that makes um, him so valuable. I know, like, all these, the locks all, all the time are the reason that their defense for teams is good at times. Like, I know um, a lot of teams get lost throughout this without like a Cam Murray on the field or like a that kind of build on the field. I know the Cowboys miss Cotter on the field when they, through the middle, they don't have him defensively. It's similar with the Rabbitohs, I feel. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's such a such a big part of teams. Um, I remember thinking back, um, especially early years with Jonathan Thurston, and people used to say, oh, the Cowboys have a horrible win record without Jonathan Thurston. They had an even worse win record when Matt Scott wasn't in the team in the, from about 2005 through to 2018 with Matt Scott at the club. Their win record without Matt Scott in the team was was pretty horrendous as well. Um, so these middles, these middles that do a lot of work, a um, little bit of second phase and that sort of stuff, they're so valuable, especially now with the way the game is being played. Um, someone like Yo or Radley Murray, these guys, they're being an extra person in attack. They're, their hands are so silky. I, I think we're just going to be looking at some of these guys in, in years to come and going, particularly for New South Wales, where you've got Yo, Murray, both trying to play for the same position. We've now got Radley playing for... Uh, England, you've got Tino, you've got Paddy, both playing for Queensland. I think we're just going to see some phenomenal footy out of out of our thirteens in in the next few years. It's going to be so good, and uh, really, for Carrigan to have the year that he had, coming off an ACL injury, I don't think we've really seen anything like it. It usually takes a full year for people to get up and going from such a devastating injury, and for him to come back and basically pretty much be their club's best player and be just about the top of his position 
absolutely outstanding effort by him. The Broncos definitely missed him when he was gone. And, yeah, what a player. Here's a question for you. I'd nearly argue that Paddy Carrigan came back and has been a better player since... I reckon, I reckon so too. Since his ACL, which is just just unheard of, where you come back in your first year and you're a better player. It normally takes you 18 months to get back to being at the same level before you even start looking at improving. So he's come back a better player. Um, he's been integral for the Broncos in, in moving up the ladder. And, and when he wasn't there, he was a big part of the reason that the Broncos slid back down. So, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Paddy Carrigan this year. Um, Scoot, the Discord fantasy mid of the year. All right. We have in the fantasy mid of the year, one, Cameron Murray, two, Isaiah Yo, three, David Clemmer, four, Joe Tarpanay, and five, Payne Haas. Pretty hotly contested position, very high scoring, and the person that takes it out by a, quite a landslide was Cam Murray. Yeah. Mate, we, we talked all about it before for Cam Murray. All of these guys we've just talked about, whether it's David Clement, Harpenay, Payne Haas, these guys had great years. But Cam Murray had a phenomenal year. Um, I think when we look back through it, most of us, we didn't. If you didn't end up with Cam Murray, there was plenty of opportunities throughout the year that you could have got him. And he's probably for those that didn't get him, he's probably the biggest regret, realistically, that you didn't get Cam Murray in twenty twenty two. Did you guys yeah, all I end def- up with Cam Murray in your team? I didn't, unfortunately. I ran out of trades, and my final rank reflects that. <laughs> But realistically, I hate Cam Murray, but so you got him, Liam. Yeah, but my when rank did... did not reflect that. When did when did you get him? <laughs> oh, I think it was round nineteen, if I'm correct. So no, it could have been earlier. It may have been round eighteen. So I know 19. for a fact in my side that I had an opportunity to get Cam Murray in round twelve. And I just wish I had done it. Just you do, yeah. I went. I actually went David Clemmer instead. And well, Murray did play Origin. Yeah, but in hindsight, I just I I really wish I had gone Cam Murray instead of. Um, basically, I look short sighted at at David Clemmer and go, well, he's not playing Origin. Um, might have been round round eleven or something. I can't remember exactly, but yeah, I think I was looking very short sighted and saying, "Well, Clemens not going to play Origin. Fitler doesn't like him, so yeah." Yes. But in hindsight, probably should have just gone with with Cam Murray, and that way I would have had the the best mid in the competition. For the rest of the season. Yeah. All right. Uh, Liam, the 
2022 Discord second row of the year. Okay, so for the 2022 Discord second row of the year, the candidates we have is one, Sean Lane, two, Angus Crichton, three, Isaiah Papali'i, four, Jeremiah Nanai, and five, Pamoli Alikawatu. And the winner of the Discord second row of the year goes to Isaiah Papali'i with 17 votes. And he's trailed by Sean Lane with seven votes. What a year for Isaiah Papali'i. Yeah, it's... I say probably, like, I mean, just, just crazy that we're talking about Isaiah Papali here because Sean Lane, Sean Lane's had probably, probably one of the best years by back rower. Um, He's been phenomenal. Angus Crichton had a slow start to the year, but you look at what he did last weekend, Angus Crichton has been phenomenal. Jeremiah Nanai was one try away from breaking the all-time forwards try-scoring record for a season. Um, and this is all just indication. Olakawatu, um, half halfway through the year, was being talked about for origin, and he had to dec- and he declared his allegiance so that he wasn't playing origin. So all of these guys absolutely gave Papa Lee a run for the money run for his money, but he stood up. He showed two years in a row why he's been the best second rower in the competition. I mean, Jeremiah and I, what a year he had, though. Like, I think he, that just shows how good he's going to be in the future. I mean, he's only, what, he's only 19 and he's producing this. It's a very scary sight for me. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. Um, Scoop, I mean, Angus Crichton had a very slow start to the year. He's probably been hurt a little bit here by um, Trent Robinson mucking around with the, with the side early on. He's yeah, I'd say so. Season. Absolutely. I mean, early... He's always been the workhorse, the machine, with the ability to go over the line. We've especially seen that in the last couple of weeks. But at the beginning of the year, he was kind of a bit lost. We didn't really know what was happening. He's always been a fantasy superstar, and we kind of wasn't even really a keeper. But towards Compens head for that and just come out with another storming season. Well, at one point there, he was playing uh, bench. We were talking about whether... Angus Crichton was going to be a pickup over the buy rounds because there was a point there where he wasn't looking like he was going to play Origin. And he, keep in mind, he didn't play Origin round one. Uh, Origin one. So, like, realistically, at the start of the year, if, if Trent Robinson kind of doesn't play Angus Crichton all over the place, we realistically would be talking about Angus Crichton as being one of the best back rowers this year. I reckon absolutely. Round five, he was still in the interchange and pretty much from there and especially ramping up towards origin, he's been, he'd be in the conversation for edging out the others. Honestly, he's been a very good, very good player. 
And one of the things that I like a lot about Angus Crichton is his line running. I mean, I think that's the same with at the moment this year. It was the same for all five of those guys. Their their ability to hit a line was fantastic this year. Um, but I think the way Angus Crichton his line running on the weekend at Lachlan Ilias was fantastic. Isaiah Papali has done it a number of times uh, throughout this season. Um, Nanai over the last over the back end of the season, his line running has been fantastic. And we saw early on in the season, um, particularly for Ola Kawasu, that he was, his line running netted him a couple of good tries as well. So, I think... Yeah, absolutely. And to, and to have two of those type of players, Sean Lane was hitting holes, the Tower of Power just... Both those Eels players have been an integral part of keeping that, that Eels season yeah. and those wins up while they had the backline shambles to begin the year, and then they've just come into their own, and the Eels have revved up to the finals. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that kind of takes us, that point you made there about Sean Lane, that kind of takes us into the 2022 Discord Edge of the Year with our nominations being Isaiah Papalee, Ryan Madison, David Fafita, Angus Crichton, and Sean Lane, there are three second rowers in that, three people in that edge position for the Eels. That's a real indication of how strong they've been this year, Scoop. Yeah, it's it's been lovely to watch. Madison... And Papali'i taking the 13 role, moving to edge at different times, but they've done it quite well. And now that they've found their rhythm, it's just marvellous to watch, especially when Sean Lane runs into that line, gets his hands free and gets an offload now away and gone on the left. Yeah. Yeah. So Discord edge of the year to go with his Discord second row of the year was Isaiah Papalee, um, and hard to argue with that. He's been phenomenal. There was a point earlier in the about three-quarters of the way through the season where Papalee's uh, scores had kind of dropped, but you can't keep a gun down, that's for sure. Survive Tuber, how do you feel about Papali next year. Is he someone that you're going to look to start with next year in 2023? Given he's going to be at a new club? Well, I mean, like you said earlier, the Tigers potentially could be a gun team next year. And if that does happen, Isaiah Papali would have a strong influence in that. And I mean, if the Tigers can produce good stuff like Para does this year with Isaiah Papali, he should be scoring the same or maybe even better. So, yes, I would be starting with Isaiah. Nice. I I very strongly will be starting. If that Englishman turns up in Tigers' colours next year, I think I'll be starting with him over Papa Lee, though. That's all the rumour mill says that he is very much a chance of being an English Tiger next year. Oh, how good would that be, getting him into mm. the side? Just a... I would buy him as he is so good. I would buy him for almost a million. I would buy him for almost any price. Like he is so good. So I give you, I give you a situ- situation, guys. I, I know it's a little bit of rumor mill stuff, and, and it's all hypothetical. 
But if you've got Papali and the unnamed Englishman that's just a rumour at the same price, at the same club, which way would you go? The unnamed. The unnamed Englishman? Yeah. What about you, Scoop? Oh, it's so, it's hard to choose. We've just, we've had a lot of really good English back rowers in the last couple of years. We just think back to Bateman and how much of a gun he was. Uh, I'd probably go with the safety of Papali'i, but yeah. It, mate, obviously you've missed the uh, the rumor mill. Yes, I'm trying to figure out who it is. If it is or isn't. It's it's the uh, it's mate, that, that person that you might have just. just... Oh, well, that'll okay. be. So, so the rumor, the rumor is that John Bateman is every chance of linking up with the Tigers next year. Oh, that is going to be so hard. Both of them could average sixty plus. So, if if there was if it happens, the if John Bateman ends up at the Tigers, and let's say he's pretty much the same price as Papa Lee. Which way would you go to start the year? Papa Lee or Bateman? Oh. If, if they're both around the same price, oh, that's very tough. I might just have to go Papa Lee if he holds on to that jewel. And that'd, be, that'd be the literal only thing that I could split them with. What about you, Survive Shiva? Which way would you go? To be fair, I only started watching the NRL back in 2021 again, so I have no idea how Bateman plays, so I'll probably just stick with Isaiah Papali'i. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, so the rumour is at the moment that Tigers are trying very hard to get Bateman. Bateman still feels like he has stuff to prove in the NRL, so Tigers apparently are trying to get Bateman. That's, that's the rumour. So if that comes off, that makes makes the Tigers a very, very good side very quickly. So, yeah, Bateman and Isaiah Papley will probably be our starting second rollers for next season. We yeah. don't really have anyone I, as I, backup. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's probably. I think it would definitely. If you end up with Bateman, I think they'll definitely be your starting second rollers. <laughs> I think without a doubt that'll happen. Yeah. Um but Fingers crossed for the NRL. I, I want to see Bateman back in the NRL, and if that means he ends up at the Tigers, then so be it. I want to see Bateman back. All right. Scoop. 2022 dummy half of the year. Who have you got? Radio. First up, we have Harry Grant, and then at two, we have Damien Cook, then Coruscant, Reese Robson, and Blake Braley. And the winner for this year is Harry Grant. He's been in and out, but when he has been in, he's been magnificent for the Storm. Been really good form, particularly in the first 10 weeks or so and in the back half of the season around that little bit of an injury that he had. Yeah. Yeah, Harry Grant's been been exceptional this year, I think. Um, We're starting to see the real Harry Grant stand up now. Um, 
Damien Cooks had a bit of a bit of an odd year. Instead of being the beach sprint champion that we know he we know he was, um, he's been a tackling machine. Um, there was a point there where he didn't miss a tackle in three weeks and made over forty tackles each week. Uh, so that's just an indication of how he's going. Coruscant. Coruscant's had a fantastic year. He basically unseated, unseated Damien Cook as the starting nine for New South Wales. So that was that's pretty good. Reese Robson and Blake Braley were transitioning into 80 minute hookers. With Reese Robson being on the on the borderline being in the extended squad for New South Wales side as well. Uh, Reese Robson was in the conversation for the dummy half to go on tour. Uh, Melbourne Indian came out at the a couple of weeks ago and said that he would take two hookers out of Harry Grant, Damien Cook, Coruscant, Robson and Ben Hunt. So for Reese Robson to come from where he was last year to be in that conversation about going on the Australian tour, I think that's been phenomenal. Um, but can't go past Harry Grant. How many of you guys started your fantasy season with Harry Grant or did you guys go a different way when he didn't play that round one? Oh, I started. Don't get me started on that. Don't get me started on that. I started with Brandon Smith and couldn't trade up to Grant round two when he got injured. I wasn't too happy. And, I mean, it's probably a lesson, a lesson from the start of this year, particularly leading into next year. If it ends up as a situation that, um, let's say, Melbourne have have the bye round one and that means you've got to choose between Harry Grant and someone else, the fact that they don't, that they missed that first week isn't a reason to not pick them in your side. You're almost better off wearing, wearing that hit than... Um, trying to get trying to get someone else in and then trying to get Harry Grant back in later in the year. Where like, wear the hit for one week and then you've got Harry Grant for the rest of the year. Yeah, it's an interesting double-edged sword because I think you'd immediately think, oh, it's going to be bad next year. You're going to have to plan really hard for the buys. And you will to a degree. But the thing is, everybody's going to have them. Like, not everybody is forced into getting Harry Grant because it was just or suspension. You're going to have to be very careful with having too many players from one team. But as you said, we might have to pick two strong captaincy options. And if one's gone in round one, well, that's fine because they'll take the place of the other uh, maybe five, six rounds later. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. So that was our dummy half of the year. And the 2022 Survive Tuba Discord Fantasy Hooker of the Year. Just to go hand in hand. Survive Tuba. You still there, Survive Tuba? Can you hear me now? Yeah, mate. Yeah, mate. Ah. Uh, Discord Fancy Hooker of the Year. Uh, the options we had were Damien Cook, 
Harry Grant, Reese Robson, Ruben Cotter, and Abisai Kora Isel. And the winner for this year is Damien Cook with 16 votes. And second was Harry Grant with nine votes. Damien Cook, I mean, he was he, he averaged the highest for any hooker this year. Most people started with him. By the end of the season, he was a must-have. And I think overall, he just played better than Harry Grant. Although Harry Grant did play better at the back end of the season, Damien Cook played better overall. Yeah, I think the big one for Damien Cook, as we talked about before, was the... He might not have necessarily had the the best year NRL-wise, but fantasy-wise, he, he absolutely killed it. He, and when you consider the fact that one of the big things that increased for Damien Cook this year was his tackles. Um, he made a ton of tackles. Let me just see. I think he's right up there for leading tackler for the year. Uh, tackles. No, he wasn't in the top five. But um, I know he had a lot of tackles there, especially that point, as I said earlier, um, about running for about three weeks in a row where he didn't miss a single tackle. Um, so those base stats for Damien Cook were really handy. Um, look, I think next year you're going to have a situation where, especially with your cap management, you're going to need one of those gun hookers, Cook, Grant, Robson, Cotter, well, probably not Cotter because he shouldn't get dual, but Cook, Grant, Robson, Coruscant, you're probably going to need one of them to start the year. Yeah, and the thing about Cook as well, he might not be in the top five, but he's sniffing around the edges with only 14 less than fifth place, and he played a bunch less games due to origin and a couple of other things, being with the back two weeks of the season not being there. So he actually averaged three more tackles than the next best in Blake Braley and Marnie. So you were right about him being an absolute machine this year. Yep, exactly. There we go. So, the hooker of the year. Um, probably the one there that we probably need to talk about just because he falls into the top five of hookers. Um, he had a fantastic year. He'll end up just being a mid next year. Um, Reese Rob, uh, not Reese Robson, Ruben Cotter. Apologies, Ruben Cotter. Um, he's going to be a really solid one to start if you're looking for a solid mid to start the year. Um, but you're going to have the options of him, uh, Cam Murray, Yo, Flimmer, Tarpanay, Haas. Where does someone like Ruben Cotter fit amongst that group of mids scoop next year? When you're looking to start the year with one of those guns. I think you actually probably do want to pick up Cotter because, as we saw, he just absolute workhorse. He is pretty much like Carrigan at the Broncos, puts in a lot of a lot of work, a lot of meters, a lot of tackles, just the heart and soul in the middle of that of that Ford pack. And with the role change and a little bit of niggle and stuff this year, I think he'll be primed to have a really good run next year. Yeah, absolutely. I do like that. Liam, your thoughts? Probably very similar. Yeah, I think um, Cotter of a full preseason is going to be scary. I mean, he'll 
I reckon he could um even pick up some um more work through the middle as well. Like I think sometimes he hasn't taken as many runs as he probably could have. But I think he'll just be even better next year learning the middle. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, that pretty much brings us to the end of our show. There is one last award left. Um, Liam, can you come up and announce the winner of our final award after you vote for yourself? (laughs) So the 2022 Discord podcast host of the year, um, so one we've got Cookie, in two we've got Scotty, in three we've got Roscoe, in four we've got myself, and in five we've got Timmy. And the winner of the post of the year was you know, twenty votes uh, for myself, beating out Timmy with thirteen votes. Hey, how's it, how about this host of the year debut season host of the year? Jeez. Yeah. And you got a few tickets on yourself. You put you even voted for yourself, mate. Couldn't uh, believe it. There was Cookie... only two people. Only two people in that group that actually voted for themselves. You and Cookie. <laughs> <Don't as well. laughs> mate, no, it was this was only ever meant to be a bit of a piss take. Um basically it's just a Recognition to those guys that have jumped on and actually run the show throughout the year. Uh, Cookie's run his run stuff at different stages. Scotty's run stuff. So has Roscoe. Um, I appreciated your help at the back end of the season as as we all started to tire and and our own injuries took over and things like that. So it, it has been fantastic having you on. Um, so it's it's nice for you to get a little bit of a a recognition and. You can make your own trophy and wear your own badge and time you It's all good, mate. Um, I'm not salty about it at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, that is us for 2022. We'll be back once we have pricings of people for 2023 and we might do something then. Uh, for the for the final series, I hope you all have a great, great run at Mixer. Uh, it's good to see a few people that we've had on the show throughout the year having some really good uh, Mixer seasons so far. I know Paul is sitting very highly. I know uh, Presto is sitting quite highly. Cookie's sitting highly. And Scotty's not far behind them as well. Um, so a couple of those guys are sitting sitting very well in Mixer. Um Wish everybody the best of a lovely festive season. Um, Scoop, thank you for jumping on this year and giving us a hand. Jumping on this. Yeah, thanks for having me, um, Timmy. I think Liam and I had a great time this year in our debut year. Yeah, well, fun. It's been fun to finish the show. With three debutants this year, Survive Tube. You came into the show about halfway through the year. Liam and Liam and uh, Scoot, you guys jumped on early in the year to to give us a hand, and I'm 
I can't thank you all enough for, for being a part of that. So, so thank you. Um, Liam, how well, do you Well, thank you, Timmy. You're the one that's been hosting these. Oh, excuse me. Liam, how do you, how do you feel? Discord podcast host of the year, debut season. How do you feel, mate? Anyone you need to thank? That's pretty good, eh? Uh, can't thank everyone enough for the coming out to the podcast. <laughs> can't thank the people that shown up every night. Yeah, yep. it's been awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just bring Paulie up to help finish off the show. Evening, Paulie. Hey, mate. Just uh, been listening. Not involved in this one, but I just want to say thanks to you, Tim, for everything you've done throughout the year and, and even prior to this year, but especially this year, stepping up and uh, on behalf of everyone involved, we all really appreciate what you've done and you deserve a, a moment where uh, someone else speaks on your behalf instead of you speaking on everyone else's behalf. So on everyone involved with, with Discord, with the podcasts, with uh, the NRL fantasy at large. We just want to say thanks, mate. We really appreciate it. Great, great job. And uh, onwards and upwards for 2023. Thanks very much, Paulie. Um, It's been my pleasure this year to to be a part of this and to work, to do this show alongside some some great fantasy brains um, uh, and to to do it on behalf of, of the NRL, Paulie, on behalf of yourself, Luke Presto, who started the late mail crew and to, for this to have all come from all the stuff you did all those years ago as, as the late mail crew. Um, I'm just happy to be, to be able to respect that and keep that going. Um, But guys, that means that we are finished. We are done. We are celebrating. Ties are off. Hats are being thrown. Liam can finally take his shirt off. Um, Thank you all very much. Have a happy, festive 2022, and we'll see you all back here in 2023. All right, guys. Have a great time. Bye.